Welcome everyone to episode three of Inside CHSL. His name is Brendan Johnson. I'm Jeremy Otto. We're so glad you came back. Episode number three. Jeremy, as you mentioned, great to be here yet again this week. Don't you finish your Christmas shopping yet or where are you at there? Uh, absolutely not. We're a little behind <laughs> this year, but... Plenty of time still. Santa will come. Uh, so got to find my way to uh, to a couple of stores. Got the ideas in mind. Mm-hmm. Know what I need to get. Now mm-hmm. it's just a matter of executing the game plan. But we'll get there. All right. We'll see. If, we'll check back with you after the New Year to see if you actually did execute the game plan well. Sounds well, good. Well, if I'm not here after the New Year, you'll know I did it. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Let's dive into J&B's top highlights from the previous week. We got a good one to kick it off, Brendan. Absolutely. Well, you know, as mentioned, we're going to talk about a variety of different sports as we do each week. We're kicking off, though, here with hockey. Catholic Central, they've been on a tear lately. They defeat Brighton 7 nothing. the final score. You know, Brighton, of course, powerhouse team here in hockey, Catholic Central, powerhouse team. You don't often see a 7 nothing spread between those two opponents. CC has been on a roll lately. Well, who would have known that just one loss? I mean, I mean, to Brother Rice, and it's a good team. I mean, sometimes when you lose to a bad team, and Catholic Central doesn't do that often in, in hockey, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this is our chance to refocus at some point in the season. But they used a, a close... Loss to Brother Rice almost as a refocusing point. 29 to nothing in, in terms of outscoring their opponents since that game. Can't get much better. Yeah, no doubt about that. The responding to adversity. And of course, you go out, you win the Catholic League Championship, you keep moving forward. But that statistic there 29 to nothing goal differential in game since the night before Thanksgiving. It's incredible. What a run CC's on right now. And CC just one of those teams when, you know, they score goals on you, especially in the last couple of years. I mean, you look at the scores. There's a 7 nothing in there, which we talked about. There's a 9 nothing in there. There's a 3 nothing in there. I mean, when they score goals on you, it's it's almost like, you know, there there's no coming back if if you're down one nothing after the first couple minutes. When you have that kind of potent offense, you can fend teams off and you know, usually when you have that kind of, again, that potent offense, uh, the defense may slip up. Maybe you're playing at a fast pace, which allows you know a disadvantage going the other way. But they've been able to stand tall. Obviously, goalkeeping has been solid. The defensive play has been solid. And they're just finding a way to score the puck. Number two, the Catholic High School League teams go 5-0 and in the Callahan Challenge, kind of dominating the max schools. Once again, I think you take two things you know, two big things, I guess, from the Callahan Challenge. Number one, Loyola defeating New Haven mm-hmm. by 20. That's a Loyola team that we've kind of talked about already. We'll talk about them again in a second. And also UD, or sorry, Orchard Lake defeating Roseville 57-32. to You look at the Callahan Challenge, Loyola looks really good. They're a talented, talented basketball team, and they're going to make a run throughout the course of this season. Watch out for the Bulldogs, no doubt about it. Then you had Catholic Central and Lakeshore. Lakeshore started the game hot. CC overcame a deficit early, held them off late, really controlled the second half, um, You know, and, and showed that, hey, they're young and they're going to grow as a team, but they've definitely got some fight in them, and Coach Snowy's going to have a competitive group. He has proven that without a doubt. The LaSalle plays Warren Woods Tower. LaSalle, definitely a better team. And, and LaSalle at the Callahan Challenge, and, and now going out and defeating West Bloomfield, who's a pretty well-respected team across the MHSA, one that's expected to make a 
the run and compete with Orchard Lake St. Mary's in their district, uh, LaSalle went out and dominated them on Tuesday night. So that's a team to look out for. Then you talk about UVD Jesuit. They go out and completely dominate Sterling Heights Stevenson. Stevenson, a team that brought back a couple starters from last year. UVD, of course, really rebuilding from graduating a large senior class full of talent. And for them to go out and get a convincing win like that, a much-needed convincing win after a night one loss to Arbor Prep, Great to see from the Cubs and Coach Donnelly. And then you mentioned Orchard Lake St. Mary's. And just, my goodness, are they talented. Uh, and Roseville is not a bad team. To go out no. and win that game, I think 56-37 was the final. Mm-hmm. To go out and completely own that game. Or it was yeah, 57-36, something like that. Um, but they completely own the pace of play. They're so talented. Orchard Lake St. Mary's, I know we've talked about it before, but they are going to be a tough tough team to knock out of the state playoffs come March. And we're going to talk about UD Jesuit a little bit later in our our things to watch. They have a a big matchup coming up. They do. We'll get into that as well as we move on here in the top highlights from the previous week. We mentioned the Catholic Central CC making another appearance in the top five with their big in-school assembly wrestling meet against Lowell. And a convincing win for Catholic Central. CC, defending state champs in Division One. Lowell, the defending champs in Division Two. Both of them powerhouse programs. But, man, CC wasn't even close. Just really took it to them. It, it, would you have that kind of advantage in the all-school assembly with the, with the whole school right there cheering you on? <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. You know, something I, I like to kind of do is tour around some of the pep rallies is in the Catholic League because, you know, both of us know what that's like at our own individual high schools. But I think it'd be cool to kind of see, you know, what CC has, especially in, in something like this and, and what some of the other ones have leading up to, to big games. You talk about a, a home court advantage, a home field advantage. Uh, is that a home mat advantage, if you will? I mean, it's a home gym. Um, but I would think so. Nonetheless, that's such a cool, cool thing that they do at Catholic Central, and it proves to uh, definitely give some advantage. I think CC definitely more talented than Lowell this year, but when you add that factor of of doing that at, at your school, on your home gym, home mat, in front of your students, your classmates, your teachers, that's just a really cool and also wrestling which is a sport obviously it's huge at cc mm-hmm. at a lot of schools it's a forgotten sport it's a it's a minute sport it's a you wrestle when you're in the football off season to get stronger or things like that at cc it's taken so serious it's taken as an elite sport uh, and it's not a surprise as to why they're so successful and yeah, just to kind of piggyback off that three varsity teams at Catholic Central for Wrestling. You know they're serious about that. Nearly 100 athletes in the wrestling program overall. So that's going to be a fun team to track as our year goes on here on Inside CHSL in the winter. On to girls basketball for number four now. Ann Arbor Green Hills kind of making a run at things this year. Just 3-14 and 14. last year, already 4-0 this year. It, it's fun to see programs turn around, especially a team like Green Hills who's new to the Catholic League. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a program that you could see taking steps, right? And anytime you're trying to build a program and you're getting used to a new league, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. And and you're seeing with, with Green Hills that, hey, last year, obviously you look at the record and it's not very impressive. You're not, you're not ooing and eyeing at that. 
but a tremendous step taken forward. And to continue to build on that, to be competitive through league play, hopefully, and see them maybe make a run, it's a great, great thing to see. And it just shows that you have to have some patience. It will take time. Um, you know, and it's kind of the name of the game at the high school level. It's a full balance of coaching. You know, are you a young team? Are you an experienced team? Are you a talented team? Are you a crafty team? Are you a smart team? And taking those strengths and building upon them. So it's pretty cool to see when you win three games last year and all of a sudden you're surpassing that. And, oh, you haven't lost yet either. It's, it's something, too, because their Catholic League slate doesn't start till January 7th, and Ernie Rigetti doesn't necessarily think that his non-league schedule is going to stack up to what the, the Catholic League schedule is going to be bring, but they have a lot of time to prepare. They have a lot of time to potentially scout over the next couple of weeks when they're off, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. That's the thing. There's a great advantage to that because, number one, yes, you get time to scout, mm-hmm. and you can see what these other schools are doing. You have plenty of time to go and watch them play. But number two, when you're building something and you wanna you wanna give your your team, in this case those girls, a taste of success and a taste of winning, even if the non-league schedule doesn't fully stack up to the talent and level of play you'll see in the Catholic League, to go out and see, hey, this is this is a benchmark. We are above these schools. This is the next step to experience what it's like to win. That's going to be a huge step moving forward for Green Hill. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't worry about that. I think it's a great thing, and I think you take that as a positive moving forward. Well, let's get a round out now here, our final uh, top highlight from the previous week. And we started talking about CC hockey. Let's talk about Brother Rice for a minute. And we talked about that Catholic League championship game and how good CC has been, you know, since they lost to Brother Rice. And, you know, now in, through the championship game, well, after that game, both teams have come out swinging because Brother Rice is turning it on as well. They go out and they snap Heartland's 14 game winning streak, 4 2 the final score. Brother Rice showing some fight in them as well, uh, bouncing back from a loss in the Catholic League championship and pushing forward here now. Yeah, I mean, when, when you talk about top teams in the Catholic League, Brother Rice is right there. Although they've, you know, they've obviously won and one versus Catholic Central now, and Catholic Central may be the more hot team, if you will, quote unquote. But uh, this is a, a Rice team when you look at the Division Two rankings according to the Michigan High School Hockey Coaches Association. I mean, they're right there: Heartland number three, Brother Rice number one. Uh, Livonia Stevenson right in the middle of them. So this is going to be really fun to watch. Not only you know as a possible matchup in the in the state playoffs. I mean, maybe if they're able to to come to fruition there at uh, in, in Plymouth, but overall just watching, you know, where they're ranked and seeing where they go. Wouldn't that be something to see that state playoffs, a rematch? Come on now. That that's what you want to see though. It's big time stuff. That's what you want to see. <laughs> well now it's time to send it to since nineteen twenty six with Steve Wendrock. Here's some history in the Catholic League again. This moment in Catholic League history remembers Tyrone Tiger Bussey II, who was a football standout at Detroit St. Martin de Porres High School in the early 1990s. Bussey was a member of two state championship Eagles teams in 1990 and 1992. During each of his years at St. Martin de Porres, Bussey was named to the All-State, All-League, and All-Catholic teams. He was also featured in the May 6, 1996 issue of Sports Illustrated magazine. After graduating from St. Martin de Porres in 1994, 
Bussey attended the University of Colorado on a football scholarship, where he was recruited to play linebacker for the Buffaloes. Shortly after accepting his scholarship to Colorado, Bussey was diagnosed with leukemia. He underwent a bone marrow transplant in 1994 that sent his cancer into remission and allowed him to join his college teammates at, at spring practice. He remained a member of the Buffaloes football team and played in their 38-6 victory over the University of Oregon in the Cotton Bowl on January 1, 1996. Later that year, Bussey's cancer returned and he underwent another bone marrow transplant. In January 1997, just days after his Buffaloes defeated the University of Washington in the Holiday Bowl, Bussey lost his battle with leukemia. He was just 20 years old. The Tiger Bussey Award is given annually to the University of Colorado football player who displays inspiration in the face of physical adversity. Bussey was posthumously inducted into the Catholic League Hall of Fame in June 1997. And that is your moment in Catholic League history since 1926. Well, thanks, Steve. That's some good stuff. We really look forward to what you have in the new year as well for us in since 1926. Now, really happy to be joined by Lindsay Noble. She's the first year head coach of Royal Oak Shrine. Lindsay, thanks for joining us here today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, Lindsay is pretty familiar with the Catholic High School League. She's a graduate of Our Lady of the Lakes, obviously played for a, a very good program there. I guess I want to start off by saying, you know, how good is it to be back in the Catholic League? Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, you know, one of the things I told the girls and anyone who asked, like, you know, what was it that brought you back to Shrine and to the Catholic League? And I just said, it's just, it feels like home. It feels like something I've always was, um, you know, supposed to do. And it's my community and um, it's an awesome feeling. I'm very excited. Well, you guys had a, a big, big win versus your rival Bishop Foley early on in the season. I mean, if, if you want to pick a way to start a season, I mean, beating your rival is probably a good way, especially for a first-year coach just trying to establish everything. 47 to 44, it took two overtime. Just how much of a battle was that? Yeah, it was quite the battle. Um, you know, it was exciting. It was like, hey, welcome to Shrine. Um, <laughs> you know, we came off a, a, a big win on Sunday against Anchor Bay. And then we knew coming in, this being our first home game and obviously Crosstown Rival. Um, it's You just never know what kind of game you're going to get. Everyone comes and brings their best game. And it was exciting. It was a huge victory, um, you know, as a team and as a program and just being that it was fully and we know they're going to bring their best. Um, but to kind of set that tone, like it, it was nice. It was a good feeling. <laughs> well, the team was certainly successful last year. We kind of talked mm -hmm. off air on what it's like uh, for you as a first year head coach. You really have to dive right into it because you don't really have a whole lot of time with the girls before the season starts. I mean, you talked about it. I mean, six weeks ago, you're really <laughs> meeting these girls for the first time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a process and that's what we just try and, keep telling the girls that, you know, trust the process that, you know, it's a long season and we have a lot of goals to meet and it's sometimes there's going to be ups and downs. And, you know, one of the things right now that we're still just really trying to do is just figure out, um, you know, the capabilities of the girls and where they just best fit on the floor and with each other and um, getting to know them as basketball players, but then also as people and, um, you know, such a short amount of time and, and then also knowing the opponents and what we're coming up against just in the season. So it's been quite a roller coaster, but um, it's, it's exciting. You know, the girls know that we're there. Everyone's gunning for us and 
um, you know, they're going to bring their best game against us and, you know, we're ready for the challenge and hopefully we can, you know, continue to be successful. It sounds like you kind of pride yourself in your defense as a coach, as, as most coaches like to do as well, especially in basketball and sports like football as well. It can be so big in terms of making that next step. You can have all the good offensive players you want, but having a good defense is solid. But your offense has been pretty balanced throughout the, the first part of the season, hasn't it? Yeah, yep. We've had, um, you know, in a couple of our games, we've had nine people score, um, you know, seven people score. And so, you know, we're really looking to just move the ball around and get it inside and kicking it out um, and seeing what, you know, is successful on each night. We know that we have multiple people that are capable of scoring and scoring big points. And, you know, the good thing is, is the girls understand that and they can, you know, distribute that and see what's working for us from night to night. You know, one person's shot might be on one night, the other night it might be the post game. Um, and then uh, offensively allowing that then to build defensively, you know, just um, have our defense really pick us up on offense and get that running game going on a steal or getting it out quickly on a rebound, um, you know, just that pressure defense. So, yeah, that's um, something that we're working on, you know, and continue to work on. We're, we're changing some things up when it comes to just how the girls are used to playing defense and just looking at a few new things. Um, and so working out the kinks here and there, but so far um, we're pretty happy with what, you know, what's looking like. Well, Reagan Smith has been one of your top players so far, averaging nearly 12 points a game has made seven, three pointers as well. Had a really good first game for you, didn't she? Yes. Yeah, she did her shot. She was on fire. Um, you know, and the, the good thing with her is, is, you know, obviously teams are going to see that and, and recognize they've got to step up on her, which, you know, she's good at creating the, you know, open spaces for herself, but then also getting the ball inside, which, you know, ultimately then will create the shot for her outside. And so, you know, she just handles the ball well. She's able to really distribute the ball well. And, um, you know, defensively, she's also, she's, she, we call her a pest too. So she's awesome on defense. So um, we couldn't ask for a more well-rounded athlete in that sense. Well, something we also like to talk with our guest here on Inside CHSL. We'll chat, we're chatting with Lindsay Noble, the first year head coach of the Shrine Girls basketball team. Kind of how you incorporate your faith into the team. Obviously, you know all about that playing at a Catholic league school in the past, but what do you do specifically to make sure faith is at the forefront in your program as well? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that we just are really lucky about is that we get to just talk about it. We get to have conversations. We know that this is a part of our everyday thought, um, you know, praying before each game, um, team masses on Sundays, and then just know, you know, the ability that um, we're, we're here because he's allowing us to be here and that we're able to have these gifts and be able to play basketball because of, you know, our faith. And, um, you know, I think to be able to come to, together to do that and to all believe in that same um, higher power is just an awesome feeling that we can have those conversations and, and trust each other and know that, you know, we're not just uh, molding better basketball players, but, you know, I always say like faithful women as well and strong, you know, powerful women that eventually are going to go out in the real world and, you know, lead us to some great things. The team doing anything special for Christmas? Are you doing anything leading up to it to, to kind of celebrate before they, they go on on break? 
Yeah, you know, they've got their secret Santas and and the coaching staff, we're going to do a little Christmas breakfast for them. And um, we have a gift for them. And we actually are giving them the gift of being able to run a practice themselves. Okay. Instead of us planning it. So that's something that um, I think they'll enjoy so they can plan all their own drills and so it'll be exciting. Are you afraid they're going to slack or no? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they'll just probably get a lot of shooting in, which is good. <laughs> sure. Well, Lindsay, we, we thank you for stopping by here today. We look forward to keeping tabs on you and the team as uh, kind of year one unfolds for you. And certainly Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us and for your support. We appreciate it. It's Lindsay Noble, the first year head coach of Shrine Girls Basketball. Well, Jeremy, I got to tell you, look out for that Shrine basketball team. And anytime you can beat a rival early in the season, that really sets a tempo. It just sets a mindset, you know? Now, what'll be interesting to see is does Bishop Foley take a CC hockey approach to that and all of a sudden go on a tear <laughs> and uh, be just start by 40 and 50 and <laughs> right and start dominating opponents? So I look forward to the rematch between those two. And I'm familiar a little bit with it. A, knowing several people that went to both Shrine and Bishop Foley, having a cousin that played girls basketball at Foley several years ago, and knowing what that rivalry is like through the regular season, the Catholic League playoffs, the, the state playoffs. So uh, very familiar with that. I'm excited to to see what that rematch is like uh, as this season progresses. Got the inside track. Is that what you were saying? That's what I'm saying. I got the history. Okay, Might as well be another history segment here (laughs) on the podcast. Well, let's transition to things to watch this week at a couple big boys basketball matchups. First, it's UD Jesuit at Detroit Edison. UD coming in one and one. Edison at one and two. But Edison's played some tough opponents. I mean, you got the win over Detroit Western, a loss to Huron, which is one of the better teams in the state this year, and a loss to Preno Contenders and Southfield Christian. So they've kind of stacked up their schedule thus far. Edison, of course, you know, obviously a state contender as they are each year. U of D Jesuit, we mentioned it earlier, a young team with a lot of talent. But I really like U of D's young talent. The thing about U of D is they've got some decent size. Their guards are big. You know, they're not they're not a small team. Uh, they're young. They're inexperienced, but they're very talented, uh, and they seem very coachable. And those kids all uh, uh, what three, you have what three four sophomores starting for UD Jesuit. They mm-hmm. all played significant minutes last year in the junior varsity level and dominated at that level. So they're ready to continue to take a step forward, and there's a lot of talent there. Detroit Edison, though, you can't look at a 1-2 and two record and just judge them blank on that because they've played some tough games. And when you play three tough games like that early in the season, benefits to it because you learn a lot about your team. But that's also tough. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to make it four when you go out and you play U of D Jesuit. That's a tough thing to do. Because it's nice to have a game where you can actually see some success. You could see maybe that transition game going. You could see your half-court offense flourish and feel it, right? When you go out and you play three tough games like that, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding. And and sometimes you forget, like, hey, yeah, we can do some of these things. We need to make sure we keep our pace and we know how good we can be. So give Edison a lot of credit for that tough schedule early in the season. I'm really looking forward to seeing the results between U of D and Edison because it's two teams, I think, in a similar position with some inexperience, but a lot of talent and teams that are going to be better.
better each and every day and significantly better come playoff time than they are right now. It's really interesting. I don't know if UD's ever been in the situation like this, at least in the last you know five ten years, where you know it, it's clear that they're actually rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to say at, at the high school level. Um, but uh, we've seen it kind of in the past, and teams maybe that. Or, or maybe it's comparable to De La Salle or some other schools where you know, maybe we felt that they wouldn't have the best of years, but they put it together come Catholic League playoff time, and then they're really rolling by the time state playoffs happen. But. I'll give you two responses there. From the De La Salle basketball coach and me, I'll say it's about time. <laughs> From the Catholic League standpoint, <laughs> you say, man, yeah, it's weird because U of D's been a perennial contender mm-hmm. really for the last 10 years. Sure. The last decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it, it really started with the Winston family coming to U of D and Cassius changing that entire program. They were they were a good, successful program before, and you could see that Coach Donnelly was really rising this program and, and taking it to a next level. But anytime you want to completely take that step, you have to have a difference-making player. He got that in Cassius Winston, and, of course, they went on to have you know a great tenure. Well, Cassius was there, and it's just been a decade of very successful U of D Jesuit basketball. Um, but this U of D team, in a way, reminds me of last year's De LaSalle, as you mentioned. Last year, LaSalle, a lot of young talent, not a lot of expectation. They struggled a little bit early. They won some games that were a little closer than they should have been. They didn't have the prettiest record. They end up making it, you know, to the regional semifinal and contending with U of D in a game that saw Jesuit win and, of course, make it to be the state finalist, uh, you know, in Class A. But now you talk about. You know, U of D taking a step forward. They're young, they're talented, they're more talented than DLSL, I think, was last year at this time. So they're going to be just a okay. We talk about that De La Salle team. They also have a big matchup for Sam Tramick. And you say Ham Tramick, and you say, hmm, that, that's not really a basketball hotbed, but they're doing well this year. Ham Tramick with a 13 point win over Arbor Prep, who defeated U of D Jesuit in the opening night of the regular season. If you play that game of looking into who beats who by how much at what time, that all makes you believe that Friday night should be a pretty good basketball game. couple things. De La Salle defeated West Bloomfield Tuesday night in very convincing fashion. The final score will not indicate that was a 20-point game for a lot of the way through. So very convincing fashion there. This is a De La Salle team that looks to be dangerous. They're not better than Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Orchard Lake St. Mary's is the class of the league. Mm-hmm. But the way De La Salle played versus West Bloomfield, it just showed that they can make a run. Hamtramck is going to be very athletic. They've proven they can beat good teams. It should make for a real nice showdown on Friday night. Well, that's close to wrapping up inside CHSL. I want to ask you a quick question before we get to you know where we're going to be and when we're back um, in the new year. But have you ever been to Cardinal Mooney's campus? I have. I was able to visit uh, this past week. It's really nice. It's right by the water. That's my first mm-hmm. time there. It's one of the lone schools I hadn't been. Shout out to those guys because they're creating a broadcast program there, which is very cool. And we want to encourage maybe other Catholic schools who haven't done it. There's a lot you know within the Central Division and starting to trickle down to the uh, intersectional and, and double A, but uh, that's kind of a program that allowed us to start off and what we're able to do. Sure, absolutely. And a lot of great people out of Cardinal Mooney. You mentioned the campus. It's 
it's a nice, quaint, just it's a small mm-hmm. campus. It's a small but a tight-knit, close community, and there's a lot of good people out there. Yeah. And I know that that was probably helped set up by Mike McAndrews, yep. who's the Cardinal Mooney boys basketball coach. He's their admissions director uh, and just a longtime league supporter um, and a good friend. So definitely a lot of great people out at Mooney and definitely a nice little campus yeah. out there. So hello That's to cool. Paul Nasser, Kevin Evanhard, who, or Everhard, who you coached in he the did. past, Jacob Forsyth, Paul Bartholomew, Brendan Coons, and Marco Toronto. Those are all guys who are going to try to establish Toronto, a... That's another one. There's several really? guys on that list. Okay. okay. Yeah. They didn't say anything bad about you, I don't think. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> so good. We, we are back. We're, we're going to hopefully... We're going to miss you. I don't know if they're going to miss us, but January 10th is our next podcast release in the new year. So get your Christmas shopping done. Get your resolutions. It'll probably fail by that time. But, uh, you know, and we'll be back then and we're, we're going to be happy to be back because this has been fun so far. Absolutely. And, you know, it'd be nice to just have this break with the Christmas holiday and the new year. And uh, it should be a great time with family and for some rest. And and it's you can see it's it's a slower time in sports right now with the holiday coming up. A lot of things starting to slow down, um, but it will pick back up in January. Really excited to see what the new year brings uh, for Catholic League Athletics. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and to all of our listeners. Yeah. Hopefully it's it's a very you know nice, blessed holiday. Have a happy new year, great family celebration. Uh, and it's just it's a great time of the year. Well, we want to remind you to subscribe. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, give us a rate there as well. Follow us on Twitter at Inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's at Inside underscore CHSL. Give us a follow and make that a nice resolution to, to subscribe and follow, right? Absolutely. I think that's an easy <laughs> thing to do. You press your pause button, you go on, you make, you, you follow, you subscribe, you get the job done there, and you go on, you have a Merry Christmas. I think that sounds easy enough. Well, we want to thank Ron Pangborn, one of our producers on site here at the Archdiocese, Alex Westfall, slicing it all together. Mike Evoy, Vic Michaels, everybody in the Catholic League office that made this thing happen at the tail end of 2019. We look forward to seeing you in 2020 right here on Inside CHSL. Merry Christmas, everyone.